Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group, and our guest today is a colleague of mine, Lorena Campos, the founder and principal of Campos Consulting Group. Welcome to the show, Lorena. Hi, AJ. Thank you for having me. I know this. I, we've been talking about doing this for a while, and I, like I told you before the show, uh, a lot of this <laughs> this recording is is basically summing up the conversations we've had in the last year years. Um, you know, we go back quite a while. I think when we were both starting in the business, um, you know, just across the street from the capital. And uh, it's definitely been exciting to watch your your business take off. Um, I think you launched a year after me or so, and I remember us talking about it and all those, yeah, all the things that go into that beyond the business of this. And I want to start with that and just you know get a little bit of your background and path to, to the lobby, and then because I know you worked for another firm before you started your own. Um, talking about that, and then get to get to you launching the firm and how that experience has been um, as a female lobbyist, but also Latina. And I know there's not a lot of capital. No, <laughs> and, and, really. and then and, and then getting to talk about next session and just what you're hearing, you know, as that might change daily, but what you're hearing about how you know, our colleagues will operate at the Capitol mm -hmm. and then the public as well. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, well, I'll start by kind of giving a little bit of my background. Um, like you said, we know each other for a few years and I guess really met and got acquainted when we were across the street from the Capitol. I was working at Texas Trial Lawyers Association and not in the policy political world at all, um, but just kind of dove in and the executive director who was there at the time before he passed, um, Tommy Townsend, kind of started putting a little bug in my ear um, what do you think about lobbying? Um, I think you would be great at it. Um, I already had some relationships with South Texas members and um, I don't know, it just kind of whirlwind out of there. Um, unfortunately, he passed away. And um, during that time, um, I was considering working inside the building and had a few conversations, just kind of figuring out if it was like the right move for me, if this was something that I even wanted to do, even though I was like, really interested in it. And really kind of gave me, being at trial lawyers, gave me like a lobbying policy 101 kind of breakdown um, and then got connected with a firm in Austin that has been around for a long time, Texas Strategy Group. And um, the lead there had a handful of San Antonio clients that just kind of made sense for me to be Kind of implemented in the role of do you want to lobby yes or no mm -hmm. here's what it is here's our clients go for it and so it was really right before the 2015 session and it was literally sink or swim you know thrown into the pit of sharks literally and figuratively <laughs> um, we really do have a place in the capital called the shark tank so it was literally throwing me to the sharks and seeing what happened to see if i could swim um or swim with them, I don't know, however you look at it. Uh, so it just kind of really went from there. Worked with the firm for about four years. Um, did my due diligence in uh, you know, learning everything from the policy part of it with um, uh, people at the Capitol, how to navigate inside the Capitol because it's, you know, it's really not that easy. And then on the outside world being you know, lobbyists, was more of a full, you know, lobbying 101 on how to work with clients and how to bring in clients, how to keep clients. Mm -hmm. 
uh, how to not only make relationship with members and with staff, but how to keep them to be not a quote unquote shark, but like, you know, a genuine person who wants to, you know, be that advocate for that client with staffers and with members in the capital and, you know, just be smart and honest about it really. So um, I know lobbying has kind of like this lobbyist bat name, but I think it's, you know, being thrown into it, understanding what a lobbyist was, but not really knowing the insides of it. When I went in the insides of it, having that kind of, what kind of lobbyist advocate do you want to be? Do you want to just be someone who is saying whatever to get whatever you need or think your client wants? Or is it being genuine and honest with people on the both sides, the legislators and staffers and your client, not lying to offices because you want to keep your client and not lying to your client to you know, keep relationships with the capital, but having that marriage of both equally in a kind of smart, positive mm-hmm. way and not the taboo lobbyist way. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, again, things we, we both know, kind of lament, lament, lament to talk about, but just some of the misconceptions um, about this industry. And, right. But actually, I, mean, I think you're right. People see, they see the, well, pre-COVID anyway, you'd see the events and those kind of things. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's still work, but you know, in the, con- in the context of things, it's not the worst way to have a job. No, carry on your job. <laughs> that being said, and I'll, I'll, it is what it is. You do those five nights in a row at oh, the four man. seasons of the Doever, like after a while, it, you know, it, it's work. It's always work. I think, you know, enjoying mm-hmm. it, also recognizing that it's a, a job, especially and then we talked about this, you talked about this with one of my, with my, with Wendy, our intern, associate intern, just yeah. the dynamics too of being a female lobbyist in this space. And I think it's, yeah. I, think it apply, I, I think it would apply no matter if you're in Texas, Connecticut, wherever else. I mean, anywhere, just, yeah. DC especially, I know. Yeah, I mean, because unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, however you want to look at it, it's, yeah, you have those meetings at the Capitol in their offices with your clients, but it, I mean, it also hand with that is creating the relationships with these members. So they know whether you're, you know, just somebody who's just going to come into their office and lie straight to their face, or if you're someone who's coming across honest and trying to help them help trying to help your clients and just trying to help, you know, good legislation pass for the industry for Texas, um, whatever industry, you know, client you're working with. Um, And so it's not just the, meetings in the Capitol, but it's going to those events and going to different organizations that have, especially during session, inviting members from both sides of the aisle and, you know, really just being there and having conversations with them, finding out of, you know, oh, we both have kids the same age and, you know, just normal people having conversations, like if you would go to a networking event Mm -hmm. or something, right? Um, And so, people think, and I honestly don't know what I thought right before really kind of deciding this is what I wanted to do, but what that meant with, oh, I guess I really didn't think like, oh, all the like the dinners and the events <laughs> and the, the bar, you the know, bar all that stuff that people think about, right? It was just like, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. And if I feel like it's something that I like and that I'm good at, then I want to make a career out of it. Not, I just want to go and have fun at the, you know, 
all you can eat buffet events or, you know, open bars, whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, doing those were, I want to say fun because you do get to meet a lot of people. Like you would go to any networking event, but it's work and it's a lot of work to make sure that those relationships and those that network that you go, it's not just so you can have free drinks. It's to literally go and network, talk to people and create relationships. And so you're spending all day at the Capitol meetings, going to offices, making sure everybody has, you know, if they need anything, et cetera, going to the events, networking, talking to people until, you know, whenever going to sleep, waking up the next morning at seven 30 for a committee hearing and doing it all over again. Mm -hmm. And that's not even putting into account the work that you have to do in between those things for your client. You heard a committee hearing that morning. So now you have to put things together for your client or, you know, look, your bill's not going anywhere. Where what vehicle can I put it into to make sure it gets on the floor at some point before a deadline? Oh, I need to run out of here to go to an event. And then I could come home, finish what I'm working on to wake up the next morning. And so it's, um, it's a lot more work because you have to do those networking things, especially when you're first starting out so you can create those relationships. Um, I'm hoping that eventually you get to a point where you don't have to go through everything and you can maybe get a little bit of sleep, but, um, during session sleep, is not like a real thing. So, no, you check, you just don't even think about it. Just be surprised when you get some. Yeah. <laughs> After you're like, wow, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. But you make it through uh, one session. For those, who are, for those who aren't familiar with the Capitol or from text, we're talking about the text legislative session, which meets every odd year. We'll get to that more uh, shortly, but it's very intensive, 140 day process, 140 day process. Um, and you just kind of. 60 plus go hours a week, nonstop. Just you just nonstop. go with it, kind of. Well, you know, once you go, once you get through one, uh, it really lets you know what you're made of, definitely the lobby side. And uh, after that, it's kind of just levels been set. And it's not really, it doesn't get any worse or better. It's just, you just know you're just used to it and you kind of, you know, get on with it. It's definitely a mental prepar preparation right before session. I would say like two months before session when things start picking up, like, okay, it's coming. Here we go. Cracking yeah. the neck. <laughs> you know, like, do you, okay. <laughs> do you like, do you artificially start make, put yourself on session hours just to get ahead of it? Like, I'm going to go ahead and start at four o'clock in the morning and stay up until no, late. No, absolutely not. No? I try to get all <laughs> the sleep I can right before it starts. <laughs> I'm like, let me go ahead and my body condition for it because it's coming. I might as well just, you know, suck it no, up. No, I get all the sleep I can. I try, if I can, get out of town for like oh, four days, five days to like just relax, maybe be on a beach or something during Christmas. I'm like, okay, when I get back, it's go time. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, it's the complete opposite. I have to like bring it down to like a two because I know when session starts coming to a 10 and I'll have dreams of the nice times that it was a two. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. And also too, you know, I think a caveat, doing all that and then you have your own firm. It's different, you know, no, like no disrespect or anything, but no, you're, you're beyond the, the business of the, the lobby business is then also being on the back end, the business stuff itself. I'm sure you might have an account or those kind of things, but there's still things administratively you need to handle with invoicing reports. Um, all of it. Yeah. All of it. I mean, when you start a business and anybody, you know, who has their own business, you're like, you know, this is my trade. This is what I like to do. And I want to 
do it for myself and you do it and you forget to account that all the other stuff that goes with owning a business, you're going to have to do until you, you know, can, um, you have somebody that can do it for you, right? Hire an accountant or things like that. When I first started, I didn't have any of that. So it was literally doing it on my own. And the last thing I want to do is my own budget at the end of the month of everything that I did, what was personal, what was a business expense, making sure everything lines up because it's, you know, when you do tax, you'd want to think about what you did 12 months prior. What was that? What day was it? You know, all of that stuff, right? So it was a big kind of learning curve and you try not to fall behind. And unfortunately during session you do because, you know, when you have a weekend that you, at the end of the month where all you want to do is just like relax. The last thing you're thinking about is, you know, getting on your QuickBooks or your spreadsheets to do budgeting or anything like that. Um, so uh, yeah. And I, when I started my own firm, it was right before, um, the 85th session, it was December, January started. So it was just like feet on the ground running and not even, you know, it took me forever just to even think about a website. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was just like things like that. You're just Talk constantly. That. I remember that. Like you, you yeah. <laughs> brand. I, mean, I guess I needed a website, huh? <laughs> Um, which is, you know, under construction right now, by the way. Uh, but yeah, so it's just like little things like that. You have to think about that. You don't realize you have to think about. There we go. All right. I think we left off at. I wasn't sure how I kept talking and I was like, yeah. I know he froze, but I'm going to keep talking to see if, well, I don't know. Yeah. So I think left off at and little things. Um, did I, did you hear the part where I said at the old firm? No. So let's go back to that part. So just billing and everything else. Oh yeah. All the little things that come, all the little things that come with, you know, just owning your own business. I was lucky enough that at the firm, um, I grew as, you know, becoming a lobbyist was learning all the do's and don'ts of having your own firm and, you know, everything they did was in-house from their bookkeeping to, you know, um, your proposals and your one pages for your clients and all those things. So I kind of have firsthand look at that. Nothing was outsourced. And so that helped with me to understand what those processes were it's completely different when you're doing it on your own because you're doing it on your own it's not somebody else's books it's your books and it's not you know um, a firm's client it's your client and how does that process work for you and I'm a firm believer of work smarter not harder and so finding out what those nits and picks are for working smarter and not harder because you have so many other things that you have to worry about and not, you know, bookkeeping because you didn't sign up to be a CPA. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm at a point now just, I mean, you know, we just had a lot of, we had some solid growth the last two years and would recognize, okay, where's the best use of my time fully. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, I mean, 
you know, to a degree, I think as the owner of the company, you want to have a, a handle on what's being spent and everything else, obviously. But a lot of it, in that vein, it can be special. It, it can be contracted out to a degree, right? For every, right, you know, and figuring out what that balance is. Okay, I've been doing it for myself for the last two or three months, and I'm spending X amount of hours on it. What is that cost? What cost makes sense for me to spend that time myself to do it and hope that I'm doing it right? Because again, I'm not a CPA or outsourcing someone and saying, okay, the cost makes sense because now I'm not spending the 16, 20 hours a month on it. I'm paying somebody to spend the five hours a month to make sure it's all right. Yeah, I'm going to process this for this next full year, doing a full on a fiscal year budget and allocating, okay, you know, taking lessons last three years, three and a half years, where you want to spend and try to project out like how much would it cost if I did the you know, modeling, right? Like things I didn't go to school for. Right. Okay, it's like, really self-learned. You're just yeah, like, how do I make this work? If I want this, it costs me this, which means I have to get this to be more clients or I can do this and do this over mm -hmm. here instead, right. you know, all these things. And, um, I do think, uh, I mean, I, I'm having fun as an entrepreneur, right? And I think we, mm -hmm. just before I tell a lot of my friends that, you know, it was more like, we don't, I know folks who are lobbyists and they're, they're lobbyists, right? I think of myself more as an entrepreneur who happened to get into lobbying. And I look at that. That's just because, fair. I agree. I mean, you, you know me for a long time, but just, I look at that based on just some of the other things I'm doing, the podcast or anything else. It's just, it's not just one thing, right? Which you can easily, easily do. We know a lot of folks, I mean, it's just a lobby thing. And I, I look at our, our profession, there's a lot more things that wrap, wrap around it. Right. So, um, but yeah, back to your journey as an entrepreneur, you know, at the capital, I mean, again, you know, I mean, you and I both stand out for different reasons. Well, actually kind of the same reasons, actually. There's not really a lot exact of same reasons. capital, like, you know, the lobbyist, the lobby in the whole is not really, it's not really, it's never been a really diverse uh, sector. Um, and I see that the cat, I see it from the capital down to city hall in Austin too. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, what is it like for you? So when you launched, right, I mean, how many, how many Latina, how many Hispanics, or lobbying at the Capitol, let's say in-house, what you with companies or nonprofits and such, and also were on their own. There was a handful. You know, I was um, again not having worked in the Capitol. It was all really fresh to me, starting to like walk into the Capitol and going into, if not almost every office, every office. And it was nice to see a lot of um, Latina women in you know in the offices, whether it was from the front desk interns scheduler to, you know, the handful of chief of staffs, right? Um, especially in the house. Um, I didn't realize, I guess, cause I was so like tunnel vision on my first session to make sure that, you know, sink or swim, work hard, work hard for the client, make your relationship with the members, you know, that, that I didn't see a lot of stuff around me because I was just so like, I felt like I was laser focused on what the end game was. Am I going to survive this first session as a lobbyist? And two, am I going to um, want to continue doing it? Right. And it wasn't until I got a lot of, especially interns um, coming up to me and saying, how did you get into lobbying? You know, that's kind of like the end game. You're the only Latina lobbyist I see coming in here, especially like in a younger, because um, there aren't a lot of, you know, younger, especially brown or black girls who are at the Capitol. There's 
I mean, I can name them all, right? In probably one hand. Um, and I realized, and that's when I started really kind of paying attention, like there's not, I knew there wasn't a lot, but I think I might be the only one at this age group. Like this is crazy to me, right? And so um, it wasn't anything that I thought, oh, I'm gonna go off on my own and like do all these things type of deal. It was just like, what is going on? Like you just kind of open your eyes more because it's now it's not just me thinking about my career and what I want to do. It's like, okay, let me really get at my surroundings and my bearings and what's going on in that sort of light, right? Um, when I decided to go off on my own, I remember having a conversation with one of my good girlfriends um, who is a lobbyist, same age group as me, African-American, she's amazing. And she's like, you know what? Um, she's in-house at a law firm. And I was like, you know, she's like, you really need to go and talk to like, a minority female lobbyist who's out there on her own doing her own thing probably primarily maybe like a Latina lobbyist so you can just kind of pick her brain and we sat there we sat there and we couldn't think of one I mean honestly the only person I thought of was Senator Vanderpute who had her own firm out of San Antonio and you know to me if you're a senator and you come out on your own you can do whatever you want and she you know she was a senator right um, but there was just really nobody that was Austin-based that is out there killing it and and not even just killing, you know, killing, quote unquote, killing it, but just like out there on her own. And I sat there and that was that first, it was a summer before I decided to really do this. And I kind of put a different sort of fire under my ass, so to speak, to say like the climate of where we are now and, you know, that was 2018 and the climate of Texas and us looking around and not being showing any sort of representation of Latina women in the lobby and a handful as the um, in-house at either an association or a firm or whatever it almost felt like okay we made our quota minority check female check and we got into one person and we're good right mm -hmm. um I just kind of sat back and I was like, this is such bullshit. This is why those young intern girls were like, how did you get there? Um, what can I do? We don't see a lot of Latinas coming in here. And I'm just like, this is, this is crazy to me because it seems so nonsensical. It, this is the way Texas is looking and the way the shift of who we are and how we're trying to be more prominent in our communities, we should have that representation in our government, mm -hmm. inside or outside, you know, whether you're a legislator or, you know, you're an advocate, we need to show that representation and there just wasn't. And it kind of made me push a little bit harder and say, you know what, I'm gonna do this because, I mean, honestly, it was bullshit. <laughs> I literally said, like, this is bullshit, I'm doing this. <laughs> And to compete, right? I mean, if you look at the market, beyond all that, it's just like, you know, you're capable of doing. And I think with any entrepreneur, especially in the service, a service profession, especially in our profession, you, mm -hmm. you have to have somewhat of an ego to say, I can do this or so, something in you that says, I can go compete. If you, if you have a, as a good view of industry, knowing how competitive it is, mm -hmm. very, to say- And not being afraid to time. work hard, right? Mm -hmm. And not being afraid to work hard. I've never been afraid to work hard, especially when it's something that, I enjoy doing. I think that's 
a lot of people, if you enjoy doing it, it stops becoming, you know, quote unquote, a job or work. It's just like, oh, I'm Morena and I lobby because that's just, that's what I do. That's what I like to do. It's not like, oh, my job is. Um, and so that sort of mentality kind of switched over to, I'm okay to, I, it's, is it hard? Yeah, of course. But anything that you do is going to be hard if you want that and the, the end game being me as, you know, being um, an entrepreneur, a single mother, that I want to be able to get my kid through college when he goes and, you know, not, and be okay with that, right? And mm-hmm. be able to have that stability and do it on my own. I'm, I'm okay to work hard. And I think a lot of people, when they think, oh, it's so hard, you, are you sure you want to do this? It's going to be so hard. Okay, well, yeah, but what isn't hard that is worth having, you know? How much did I know? <laughs> right? And if it's not hard, good for you. Um, uh, but, you know, I think anything, when you start anything that's challenging, that's different, it's going to be challenging, and you are going to want to work hard to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And come back to just starting off in this business. I think, again, the misconception people have of lobbyists, a lot of people have lobbyists, um, you know, it, that it's the hand, it's just handshakes and, you know, I mean, probably again, pre COVID, wherever the analog would be, <laughs> yeah. times during the normal times of our lives, like, like, a bunch of soft stuff, right? And, you know, not made a lot of substance and not realizing, I mean, we both work for firms that were very intensive environments and it's not like, you know, you can follow me, for example, I mean, getting up, you know, for me, my routine is getting up at four and read the news every morning. So I want to read it mm-hmm. first and be able to, sit, you know, at least cue it, have it go to clients first and whoever it may be. And, you know, that's my, you know, that's my, my schedule, but it's not just, this isn't the eight to five or eight to five job. No. It's really, it's, I mean, honestly, it's, it's every day, all day kind of thing. Um, yeah. It's not very forgiving either. No, it's not. No, not and the least. You know what it feels like? And um, it seems like a lot of people have kind of gotten a little bit of glimpse of how it's like. You know, during COVID, you'd wake up, you're like, is it Tuesday or is it Sunday? I don't know, right? Because everybody was at home and whether you were, you know, working from home or you um, had to stay home because you had kids or whatever, or you got laid off, every day kind of felt like just another day. And like what you're saying, it's, it's not a nine to five Monday through Friday. If I get a call on Sunday at 10 a.m. I get a call on Sunday at 10 a.m. and you take it and you send the email out and it's just is what it is. Um, you eventually, I hope, right, to eventually get to a point that if it's a Sunday at 10 a.m., I don't want to answer. <laughs> I don't have to. But again, it goes back to that working hard. And if you like what you do and you really want to make this work for yourself, you take the 10 a.m. Sunday phone call and you get on your computer and do whatever needs to be done to make sure it's ready for Monday, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think a lot of people have that, um, I mean, I would assume a lot of people have that mentality that, you know, if something needs to be done for Monday, you're doing it on Sunday, kind of like homework. But when you're doing it for yourself, because you're, you know, paycheck and your bank account and everything that goes with it, comes from how you want to work, then 
the 10 a.m. phone calls on Sunday isn't as hard to take yeah. because it's for you, right? Yeah. You're not doing it for somebody else. This is for you. Yeah. And they are working for you. They're going to take the call too. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's none of that. It's like you take the call, you take the call. That's just, it is. I think, it is what it is. And none of this is discouraging one. who's thinking about getting a lobbying to, to not pursue it. And I definitely, especially for anyone, but definitely diverse um, you know, black and brown young folks out there who are thinking about this. I mean, we'll, we'll, you can always contact me, but I'll put Lorena's contacts in our show notes too. It's a lot of fun, but it, it, I tell people it's a different kind of fun. It's a different kind of fun. It's a very interesting job, and sometimes you can't pick the kind of interesting you're going to get. Right. One kind of interesting, sometimes not so fun, very tense moments, but in the aggregate, I know because we're both smiling about it, now we're doing a video chat. I really enjoy getting through those things because I, I believe I am that good. And I just, I have a long path ahead of me. Um, yeah. But I believe where I'm at my life now, I mean, we know the, we know the, I've seen that people kind of come and go on their own. It's not, it wasn't from lack of, of skill or ability. It's just sometimes it's just, again, this business is not forgiving in the least. It's not, it, and it's a roller coaster. Yeah. Get, like I said, the 10 a.m. Sunday phone calls, or you don't get a phone call for a week. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, okay, well, I guess. And so it's like filling in those. It's it's completely different from working for somebody, always having something. Hey, have you done this? We need to do that. X, Y, and Z. You know, whatever. To now, it's just you. And if you don't fill those holes, then those holes don't get filled. Mm -hmm. And sometimes so that's okay if you want to take that week off. Someone's gonna be like, it's thing. Someone, 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 someone's biting at the heels. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to answer call 10? Okay, that's cool. So-and-so will do it because they're, they're just that much hungry for you. Right, right. If right? you won't, I can find somebody else who will. Yeah, and they're out there. Yeah. They're out there. Well, switching gears and all that, and sure. again, not to just, you know, anyone who's interested in the lobby, it is fun. It is, those are things you should know because it's, it is what it is in this business that way. It's a different kind of fun, like you said. Different, it's a different kind of fun. <laughs> um, switching gears to 2021 and the 87th Texas Legislature, so as of now, I mean, I think they come in, they'll convene mid-January, January 10th, around that time. What are you hearing yeah, now? The 12th. 12th, cool. What are you hearing now in terms of how it will work? The Capitol rounds, for those who, have, who aren't from Austin, have been closed off since the summer, the protests and everything else. So do you have an idea, have you heard of how, will, you know, how the public can engage the Capitol, let alone the lobby? You know what? Right now, it is so nobody knows type of attitudes. And I think that's kind of across the board from you know, the people that I talked to who are on the inside to, you know, very well-established lobbyists who've been doing this for a long time. This is obviously unprecedented times that we, nobody knows how, it, how it's going to happen and how we're going to go through this next session. We're still what three it's like a little less than a hundred days away or something like that. Um, the last I heard it was like 102 days and then it's been like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's about that. I know it's, <laughs> it's coming up. Um, so we still have some time for them to decide how they're going to do it. And you know, with um, school happening, how those numbers are going to be. But as of now, what I'm hearing is capital or well, capitals closed and it's been closed since March. Um, even the grounds. I mean, you cannot get on the grounds. You can't get inside the Capitol um, unless you work in there, right? And they're thinking about just completely having it closed off to public, 
the last thing I heard anyways, um, to public and to lobbyists. They were, I heard that they were considering kind of um, appointment only type of situations, but um, it kind of went back to, no, we're gonna keep it closed and, or we'll see what happens by December. And if, you know, the wave goes up the way people are saying with the cold weather and then we have the flu and, you know, all these other factors, I mean, it could get worse than better and they do just keep it completely closed off. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I know that for committees, they're deciding whether they're just going to do Zoom and if you, it's only invited testimony and only those people can come in, there's obviously going to be plexiglass everywhere. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, if as a lobbyist, I mean, we go to most of the committee hearings, not only the ones that are for our clients, but for, you know, client development. You go to other committees, just you want to know what's going on all the time in all these different, you know, committees, not just the ones you need to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, until it starts getting really busy, you're like, I don't need to be there. I, I can sleep an extra hour. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't think anybody really knows. A huge survey was sent out to all the members to kind of get a idea of how members are going to be handling their own office. Um, Will you be requiring masks? Are you doing appointment only? Are you limiting the amount of people in your office, the amount of staff in your office? I know they're going to limit interns just in general. I mean, they're really just kind of breaking it down to the least amount of people as possible. And I mean, unless something changes from now until January, it could completely change and they just open it and, you know, it's another regular session, but I don't see that happening. I, as of course, as a lobbyist for um, having to go into the Capitol for our work, I hope it's appointment only if it's, anything that is not just completely open, right? But it seems like if they do close it, a lot of the meetings that are gonna be happening are gonna be at coffee shops down Congress or, you know, a hotel, like, you know, what is that, Caroline's on the terrace. So you're outside and still social distancing and makes, me a little nervous because it's like, okay, well now we're just doing even more longer hours because I can't meet you in your office. I have to wait until quote unquote after five, after office hours to try to meet with you. So it's going to be interesting. I think all the networking that you do when you don't want to do it is going to pay dividends this next session because you're not going to be able just to walk into an office. You're going to have to text, you know, the scheduler or the chief of staff or even the member saying, hey, I have a client. Can we meet at, you know, whatever on Congress so you can meet with my client? Definitely. I think, you know, just on the local side, uh, I've had experience that this last year. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. City Hall, that, you know, I think City Hall has been closed. Let's say, I mean, since, since March, right? I think the order of the quarantine went effect March 10th, right? So it's all been, vir- we've been lobbying since March, um, you know, virtually. And to your points, I mean, those, okay. not, it's not just the office lines that go with their cell phones. You need the cell phones, like their cell phones. Oh, app. oh, for sure. And, and yeah. I was going to say, and to me, it's not, um, I'm the type of person that 
if I don't need to bother the member because they have a hundred million things going on, especially during session, I don't need to bother them. I like to talk to the staff. I like to make sure I connect with their staff because I mean, they're the gatekeepers to everything the member is doing from what they're doing the second they wake up to the last meeting that evening, right? Um, so yeah, and code calling them on their office phone, I mean, get in line, so is everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so having those relationships with staff is just so important to me because they're the gatekeepers and they're the ones who keep the wheels turning for their member. And if you don't have that relationship with them, then, I mean, you're going to be kind of a little bit screwed because, I mean, you get members, if you reach out to them, like, oh yeah, let's meet, reach out to my, um, to, you know, whoever there's um, either scheduler or chief is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know who that person is. I'm like, well then, good luck trying to get them to answer your emails. <laughs> that too is staff moves. Like you need to, I mean, you know, you're never going to know everyone, but you need right. to have a good basis where they're, I mean, for state sure. or local or else to know, like for instance, there've been, you know, at City Hall, there've been several staff moves and I knew because I have enough, I knew enough people there to know, oh, so-and-so moved, who's a new person and they can introduce you virtually, mm -hmm. but you, you're, there's still a basis for it in real, you know, in the real world, you will. Yeah. It's all real. Screens are real, but like, it's a person, you know, and see, and it's a different real. <laughs> it's a different kind of real, but I think those, you know, to your point, I mean, I look at pre COVID just, it was interesting when things slowed down, I got a sense of how much I was out and about. Right. And yeah, some of it, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's work. And it was a coffee meetings. It was lunches and dinners, all those things. But you get more of a sense of that investment now when everything's, <laughs> when the walls are pulling Seriously. up, you have the communication. So it's been, yeah. you know, our, our industry doesn't have a lot of these kind of uh, influx moments like this, but I think I'm curious. I mean, I've seen it play out locally. I'm really curious to see how it happens during session. Um, Me I think, too. Go ahead. And I'm, it's going to be um, interesting to, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for the staff if this is how it's going to go down. I mean, I'm not, I can't even imagine how many, text messages or emails are going to be getting because people can't just walk into their office. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of staff changed their numbers after this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> get a, get, a, get a, a burner phone for session. A burner phone for session. Um, you know what? I'm going to pitch that to some of the staffers and see how they feel about it. it honestly, I, I really do. I'm like, I don't know how they're going to be able to handle, like, especially, you know, especially if you're in the leadership office where people are just asking things from you constantly already now I can't walk into your office and ask you like I don't know how they're going to handle that um when they're already handling so much other stuff mm -hmm. you know keeping the office going making sure their member has everything that they need um so I'm really curious to see how maybe some of them already have burner phones burner phones <laughs> There's the, <laughs> there's, there's the campaign phone. Like, oh, who's no? Oh, he got through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the headliners club. I'll see you there. Um, yeah, exactly. Any other key dates? Like, what's going on? There's there's some things you know ahead of session officially convening in January that are going to be happening pretty soon. Uh, I think people should be aware of as well, right? Just with bills and everything else. Yeah. Um. So they normally send out a sort of calendar that tells you all these dates. And for some reason, I couldn't find it. Maybe I didn't look hard enough. But um, obviously, you know, key dates, election day, November 3rd. Well, you know what? Let me back up before I even say that. 
early voting is tomorrow. So huge, right? Everybody needs to make a plan and go do early and voting. We're recording this. We're recording this in October. Oh yeah, I guess so. Oh, if it is, if it is, if it's, it will probably be posted after early voting, but early voting is going to go on through from October 13th through the end of the month. The yeah. So if you haven't voted, go vote. Yes. Um, so obviously election day is, uh, one of the key ones and that's going to be huge because I mean, nobody knows how that's going to turn out. I mean, look what happened two years ago with the, what the quote unquote Bethel wave, right. And mm -hmm. a lot of seats, um, going blue. I think, um, it seems like it might happen again, but then again, it may not. I mean, nobody really knows. I mean, it's 2020. Anything can anything. It's 2020. <laughs> it's 2020. Anything can freaking happen. We're yeah. going to have, you know what? It's not going to be blue or red. It's just going to be a whole bunch of independence. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh. I mean, really, I wouldn't be surprised. It's 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so, election day? Election day, we have um, uh, November 9th will be the first day to file bills for returning members. So I know a lot of offices are already getting bill drafts and have been getting bill drafts. That way they can get it in. Um, everybody wants to get the lowest number on their bills, right? Because it just looks better. You're prepared. Um, uh, first day of session, of course, January 12th. Um, the last day to file bills is 60 days after the first day of session so about march 12 ish um and that's always a mad rush and um, making sure if you have new clients in january or february because all of a sudden they decided that they wanted to try to pass a bill um it's trying to get a bill and an author to be filed before that first and a half weekish of march and um yeah, last day of session, May 31st. I'm trying to think for, um, I mean, then there's last day to hear bills on the floor. I mean, all of those go in between after the last filing the bill to May 31st. And so between mid-March, usually right after spring break to um, May 31st, it's just like mad rush to get your bill through committee and on the floor and help it moves over to the Senate and you get it through. Um, having said all of that, May 31st is supposed to be the last day. We've already heard that the governor and um, the lieutenant governor have said, don't make any summer plans. We'll be here until, you know, whenever. Um, I, they said September 30th, but I mean, who knows? Oh, wow. It's redistricting year as well. So that's going to be huge. So they might even push it back, the special session to get all the census stuff in, especially with COVID. Everything's been backed up and they want to make sure everybody gets their um, census. And so that's another one. If you haven't done your census, please do your census. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess those are the only dates that I. To me, in my head, I'm like, yeah. deadline, deadline, deadline. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I remember the, just at the Capitol when, the, again, the, 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 bill, the, the day that all the bills die. Because people, for, as context, typically, if anywhere from 5,000 to 7,000 bills get filed every year. I'm really, really curious to see what happens this go-around. But I don't imagine yeah. that going down. I mean, they're saying that 
if you have a if you have a bill that has a fiscal note, don't bother, right? So, mm -hmm. like, if the fiscal note, what fiscal note be, meaning what? Uh, meaning that um, you're asking the state for money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not don't just, ask the state for money right not now. Not even in good times, honestly. <laughs> that's not even good on a good time. No. I mean, it's a good challenge and it's fun because you're like, you know what? Yeah, they're gonna good stuff. Uh, they're not a good challenge here for that. <laughs> so even in good times, I know it's crazy. So Lorena, where can folks go to reach out to you? We'll put your, we'll put your contacts in the show notes, right? But yeah, uh, sure. your site will be up pretty soon, but where else can people find you? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, like I mentioned, my website is getting a little revamped. Um, so that should be up shortly. And LinkedIn, LinkedIn has all my information. It has a quick little bio resume sort of deal. Um, I utilize LinkedIn a lot. I think it's a really good um, prof professional um, social media sort of site that more people should utilize. I think a lot of people do. I see a lot of people on there. Definitely it's one of my favorites. Um, well, Lorena, thanks for your time. Lorena Campos is the founder and principal of Campos Consulting Group. He's a killer state lobbyist and someone who our, our firm, Beam Group, is uh, formally aligned with for mutual services. More to come on that. Uh, but essentially, um, for clients who have needs that go from Austin City Hall or local governments or entities therein around here to the Capitol, it's providing uh, just one clear path for them to do it. Easy invoicing, one invoice and all those kind of things and yeah. uh, for an effective team and coverage of all things. So uh, more to come on those. On those. Uh, but Lorena, thank you for your time. Yeah, of course. And I'm excited um, to continue to work with you. It's going to be a fun session.